Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Wherever you are, this is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and Mom. How are you this morning, Mon? Yeah, not half bad. Not half bad at all. That's totally good. I'm starting to get over my jet lag as well. Oh, really? What's going on? I had intermittent sleep from midnight till five o'clock. Which is unusual for you, huh? Rather than laying in bed, staring at the ceiling. It was great. <laughs> well, praise the Lord for that. Yes, always good to see what's starting to disappear. I haven't I haven't reached that phase yet. I'm still in the whole, like, could sleep at any moment notice kind of okay, stage. Okay, so if, uh, if suddenly I'm doing all of the talking, you know what has happened. <laughs> Mine is asleep. <laughs> Zoned out right here in the studio. <laughs> uh, we've got a great show coming up for you today, though. Um, some really good stuff. Uh, we've got, like, a couple of giveaways from Kenya. Uh, we have um, some good news from my Ikea of all places. Uh, what else did we Mon, talk about One does today? a great uh, promotion for Ikea. Yeah, I did. I did rather. Uh-huh. They, We're not affiliated, free, by the way. Free advertising there. It was not a sponsored no, post. No, not at all. <laughs> um, I'm going to be talking about methamphetamines. Yes. Some very, very shocking research coming out in relationship to methamphetamines and how they kill people. And alcohol. And then I'm going to be going on to talk about alcohol. So alcohol with the second part of that, which uh, they have now created a standard by which they can compare alcohol with smoking so that they can tell you how many uh, drinks each equals a cigarette. Yes. Or how many cigarettes equals... Eat, how many cigarettes equals a drink? You will be shocked. Absolutely. Yeah. You will abs... Yeah. Of course, we, we we know all of this because this, this is the delayed broadcast. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So and we also know all that about alcohol and cigarettes because of um, what the Bible told us about taking drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we knew that was. Yeah. And the same thing with the Orakia thing. It's just a uh, human beings have invented something that God invented 6,000 years ago. Isn't it just. It, it, I feel like that's always the way. Human beings playing catch up. Again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're so slow at it. <laughs> but it's still pretty awesome, just the same. Anyway, if you would like to listen to the live show, you go to faithfm.com.au and press play like our friends in Ethiopia are doing right now. Or you simply go grab the Tune In Radio app. Make sure you get the free version. Find Faith FM Australia. Make it your favorite. And you are up and running. Yes, indeed. Uh, yep. So that's the that's the way it's done, and that's how you can uh, get involved in all of the free giveaways. And if you want to tell us what you're grateful for, you can call us any time of day or night. Absolutely. You don't have to listen to the live show to tell us what you're grateful for. Just give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Share your gratitude with us, and we will share it with the world, and we'll brighten everyone's day. broken sky, traced out by the city lights, my world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight, touch down in the cold black top, hold on for the sudden stop, breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos, all those people going somewhere, why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give 
Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah 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 Step out on a busy street See a girl in our eyes meet Does her best to smile at me To hide what's underneath There's a man just to her right Black suit and a bright red tie Too ashamed to tell his wife He's out of work, he's buying time All those people going somewhere Why have I never Care. Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah 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 Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Give me your eyes Lord, give me your eyes Guys, uh, that was Brandon Heath with uh, Give Me Your Eyes here on Faith FM. We have come time for uh, our quiz clue for the day. What yes, okay, say? so I have, a, I have a quiz this morning. It's a who am I quiz. Lyle, not going to lie, I'm not even going to take it easy one little bit. So yesterday's was a really hard one. Today is another really hard one, and I'll be so impressed if someone could get this, uh, especially if they could get it before Lyle gets it. So who am I? First clue is this. Jehu ordered 70 sons who came from my lineage to be slaughtered. Lyle has a blank expression on her uh, face. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm going to say it one more time. I'm going to put it up on our Instagram page. So here we go. Who am I? Jehu ordered 70 sons who came from my lineage to be slaughtered. Oh, Lyle's got it. You are correct, Lyle. <laughs> Look how pleased you are. Look how pleased you are. Okay. Uh, it just makes me more pleased when you say it's going to be a hard one. And let me tell you about the prize. So this morning, our prize is 
Uh, one of the book is called Proverbs of Wisdom and Warning. So it's Old Testament Proverbs illustrated for daily meditation. So it's a beautiful, like, sort of picture style book with lovely photography, uh, inspirational sort of stuff. And uh, then, of course, it has um, Proverbs all the way throughout. So it's a beautiful sort of coffee table style book. Uh, really nice big one. And if you'd like to see what it is, it's going up on our social media right it now. It is going up. I'll be posting it to Facebook. Uh, it's on Instagram already. So check it out. And uh, and you can win that if you can call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843 and tell me who that Bible quiz is. All right. So what have we got for positively different news this morning, Mon? Well, first of all, I have some really positive news regarding something coming up in our show today, Lyon. So this is really Okey exciting doke. stuff. I've been so excited about this for like two months now. So while I was in Kenya, I interviewed um, a lady at a bag shop. <laughs> a bag shop. And uh, and I My act- eyes are already glazing over. No, 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 no. It's a very special bag shop. You have to tune in to find out why it's a special, special, special it's bag shop. It's a handbag shop. shop. It's so special I actually cried. You cr- I cried. Yeah, I could I could I, believe this. I, I could believe that a woman could cry going into a handbag. I've seen my wife walk into a handbag <laughs> shop. And it's like there is no shop on the planet more boring than a handbag shop. Yeah, to you maybe. But this no, this one would have had you in tears as well. Okay. So it has right, a tell beautiful I'm gonna tell you about it in the interview, but it has a beautiful right. humanitarian side to it. The bit that actually got me crying was when they told me what the name of the bag shop was and what the name meant. Um, so you'll be finding out more about that in the interview. But the the awesome part of it is I got to bring Bring home three bags from this Kenyan handbag shop. Um, I was actually at the factory where they manufacture them, and I got to meet the factory workers, and they're part of the specialness of it. And I got to bring home three bags from this from this Kenyan factory, and we are giving them away on the show Ooh. today. On the show today, three African handbags. They're I am beautiful, so excited. Beautiful, bright bags. I've got them here on the desk in front of me. Handbags, just you know. If you're a dude, this is an awesome opportunity for you to win something and uh, take something home for your wife. They, they, um, okay. Now this is a valid point. This is a valid point. Yeah. So guys, aren't they lovely? Um, so these, the fabrics are are something called ketenge, uh, which is a traditional, um, African fabric. It's a hundred percent cotton and, uh, they love to make them bright and beautiful and zany and just eye catching. So very, uh, very authentic traditional sort of African. Style, beautiful bright ones. This one here, uh, it's sort of like a blue orange. Kind Perfect of for a miniature toolkit that you can put inside your glove box when you break down. Oh my goodness! Sure, <laughs> if you really want to. I actually have the matching one to this, um, so one of them is matching to the one that I bought for myself. Uh, so yeah, but stay tuned, stay tuned, listen to the interview. It's coming up in a couple of segments, and during the interview, we will tell you how it is that you can win. Some of our African handbags. If you want to check them out online, we've already posted them up yesterday. So go on our, our Facebook or our Instagram. It's Faith FM. These are actually really good quality. Yeah, they're, they're amazing quality. Serious quality. Yeah, they are. They're like international quality. Um, and they sell them around the world. It's actually quite a famous brand. Um, but don't say the name yet because it's part of the part of the how you win. So you got to find out how to win by listening to the interview. Um, and you, we can send you a beautiful handbag that I brought back from Kenya. So that is really good news. And but, you can fill it with tools. You can fill it with other stuff as well, guys. Or right? give it to your wife and get lots and lots of points. I think a, I think a lady would love this. She could use it as a makeup case or a, even like a, a pencil case or anything, a coin purse, whatever. Well, actually, no, it's way too big for a coin purse, but maybe if you had really I, I could coins. use that for a toiletries bag when I travel. Yeah, you could. Yeah. You could. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. could see They're you. They're nice. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let me tell you <clears throat> about some, <clears throat> excuse me, really incredible innovation 
coming from no other place than Ikea. <laughs> I'm sure everyone must love Ikea as much as I do. Nope. Did you, you don't like Ikea? Nope. How can you not like Ikea? How is it I'm working with it's, someone that doesn't like Ikea? If I had known that you didn't like Ikea before I took this job, I might not have gotten this job. Mon, I'm a cabinet maker by trade. Uh, I spent five years making furniture, okay, and I know fine, the difference fine, between fine. quality and, you know, prefabricated stuff. But at least it's fun, right? Ikea is fun. <clears throat> I like the whole setup where you have to walk through the maze and look at all the stuff and... Get lost. Yeah, it's great Last fun. time I went to Ikea... That's part of the fun. I was sent to Ikea by my wife <laughs> to <laughs> buy vegetable balls or something or other. Vegetable walls? Balls. Vegetable balls. Yeah, like little round vegetables. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Food, right? Yeah, yeah, food. yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so the- I've walked into a furniture stop. And I'm like, where do you find food in a furniture stop? <laughs> anyway, so I ended end. up working around the whole shop. And, of course, it was big. Yeah. And, and asking direction, I got sent here, I got sent there. Ended up going through a door that was a staff-only door and walking <laughs> through another section <laughs> and eventually came out. Because um, I got sent there by the staff. They're like, oh, you can't get there from here. Yeah, you, it's uh, the the, the food get, shop is actually separate from the rest. You yeah, have yeah. To, yeah. And so the, you have to go through that door over there, and it's like those those you know those grey rubbery kind of uh-huh, doors uh-huh. with a window across yeah, the top yeah, there, yeah. those kind of flappy kind of doors. And mm-hmm. so I push those open, and people look at me like, "Who is this guy?" And I'm, <laughs> and, and they said, "Just go through there and turn left, and then turn left again, and you'll come out." And you, know, you go downstairs. It was a maze. You turned out, and it was like China. You were like, well, "How did I get here?" <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, IKEA is great because it, it did release just recently. Recently, vegetable meatballs, as opposed to their usually famous Swedish meatballs, but they've actually developed something else that's really cool. And just FYI, next time you want to go to IKEA and just buy food, you don't even need to go into the store. You veer off to the side and go to where the checkouts are, and that's where you'll find the food shop. So, just a little hint, hint for you men who have to be sent off to buy stuff for your wife. But get this, IKEA has developed a curtain that reduces indoor air pollution. A curtain, yeah. Isn't that crazy? So is it just soak up the carbon dioxide that you breathe and turn so it into let me oxygen? let me try and get a little bit science like here. Made out of so it's a it's a mineral based surface you know, God treatment. God created one of these like six thousand years ago. It's called a tree. You can't stick the whole tree inside your house, Lyle. Let's see you stick an elm inside your living room. So this is a mineral based surface treatment which enables uh, the curtain to break down air pollutants when it comes in contact with light. So light is also very important, which is great because that's what they're there for, they're there to block out light. Yeah. Um, so I didn't realize this, but according to the WHO, the World Health Organization, around 90% of people on the planet breathe polluted air and it causes about 8 million deaths per year. Well, you know, I've just spent the last two yeah. months breathing dust. Dust, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people in Africa have respiratory issues because of the dust issue there. Yeah. And it's not so much that it's polluted by the kind of um, you know, chemical pollution that we have here. It's just dust, dust. pollution. Just the dust. chemical pollution is actually very low because nobody yeah. can afford a motor vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And manufacturing is on the low over there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's very little manufacturing. There's dust. very few motor vehicles. Yeah. But the dust everywhere yeah, from one side. Yeah, a lot of Kenyans of- suffer from And, you know, doing the medical, the medical uh, missionary stuff there in Kenya, there were so many people that came through that needed to, uh, you know, have um, prescriptions, medicines because of some sort of respiratory issue. It was just unbelievable. Like coughs, all kinds of lung issues with the little kids, little babies when, when in we particular. Were, when we were exploring Aksum mm. in uh, northern Ethiopia, we were just walking the streets one evening because, you know, our tour was over and, and we're just exploring the place. And you know you just you're just eating dust wherever you go, and you you drink so much water because you're just trying to get the dust out of your mouth and out of your lungs and whatnot. And we came across a mill, 
A mill. A mill where they're making flour. They're making spelt oh, flour. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, for, for injury and that kind of stuff. And we're like, oh, this would be interesting. This would be cool. And so we sort of poked our heads in. We couldn't even get, you know, had the normal size door, house door on it. We couldn't even get within six feet of the door and wow. still breathe. Wow. And there were like a dozen or more people working inside this mill. No masks, no nothing. No, you not could good. not see that's from not one good. side of the room to the other. The level of dust pollution was just off the charts. Well, this curtain is called Gunrid. That's its name. And it actually uses a technology that was developed by um, several European and Asian universities around the world. But apparently it works very close, similarly to um, photosynthesis. Yes, that's what I said before. Yeah, yeah. isn't that incredible? Yeah, God invented one of these 6,000 years ago. Yeah. D- and working perfectly ever since. Maybe we should just put trees in our house. But this Maybe. is pretty cool. Yeah. Check it out. Like Gun this. Red Curtain. Uh, hopefully available soon from IKEA. So if you're worried about air pollution, maybe you can check that out. But stay tuned. This is Sam Cook with Further Along. Welcome back, guys. That was Sam Cook with Further Along here on Faith FM. And we have another clue for the quiz coming up because nobody has snapped it up yet. So get ready to call 1-800-324-843 is the number or text us on 0491 Okay, clue number two. Who am I? There was never a man like me before who sold himself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. 
Okay, that's a very important clue because it tells you that it is a man. And a baddie. And a bad man. It is not a woman because when I was about to write down my answer, I was thinking, is this the man or his wife? Yeah, because his wife wasn't and much better either. I just went with the 50-50. His wife was actually worse than him. Um, I went with the 50-50 and went with the man and I got it right. So go with the yes. man if you yes. know the answer. Give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number. And if you want to see the prize, just jump on our social media. It's all there. Have a quick look and you can see what is happening. Speaking of what is happening, what is happening, Lyle? Okay, so this is a um, one that is of special interest to me and also interest to Mon as well. Oh. And that is that um, Transport Ministry from Ethiopia will release their preliminary report on Ethiopian Flight 302 today. Oh, yes, today. yes. And I should just say that Flight 302, which tragically uh, crashed um, just a matter of hours, it crashed just a matter of hours before I arrived in Ethiopia. So I was actually in the air on an Ethiopian's airline flight when this particular flight crashed. Yeah. Um, terrible tragedy. Of course, I landed, um, logged onto the airport Wi-Fi, and Your had a whole bunch up. of messages from people saying, are you all right? And yes. had to like, yes, yeah. I'm still alive. Yeah, I had about 48 hours while I was just getting phone calls and text messages. And like, you feel very loved. Um, and it is very stressful for people back home who don't know your itinerary. And uh, and they're like, wait, Mon's in Kenya, Mon's in Ethiopia. Is she dead? <laughs> yes. So, yeah, yeah. It was actually because you were in time. both those countries, so I you would have had a lot more messages than yeah, what I had. Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of stuff And uh, of course, I had no message from my family. Because I hadn't been just listening to the news. I sent them a message. I'm okay. My flight did not crash. And they sent a message back like, huh? What? What are you talking about? It's funny because I, whenever I travel, I send an extremely detailed itinerary to my, to my, um, my family. And my parents print it out and sticky tape it to the wall. And then they sort of cross it off day by day. Because they just, they hate it when I travel. They're very worried. Um, but... Even though they were able to look at that Ethiopian flight number and check it against my itinerary and realize that I was that wasn't the flight that I was on, they still contacted me to make sure I was okay. So yeah, but yeah, yeah very tragic. So they've released the re- the black box report. Uh, no, not the black bo- box report as such, but a preliminary report. Okay, okay, um, which does include the actions of the pilots and so forth. Um, how they tried to have uh, they determined what the actual problem was yet. It'll pro- it usually takes two years, two years for, uh, for a final a final report to come through. But from the preliminary report, it's usually ninety percent of your research is going to be in the preliminary report. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. That's a long time for closure. It, it is, it is. But it it it's very very thorough. They're going okay. to dig up all of the wreckage. They're going to go through it piece by piece. And what they're going to do now is really. Um, work to confirm, and it's going to be a tremendous amount of effort to work to confirm what the black boxes are telling them. Okay. I, did, I, I don't know. I thought it would be quicker. Yeah, so your black boxes, your, your two black boxes are usually going to uh, give you a very good indication of actually what happened. Um, from that, you can do a preliminary report, and then you need to actually go through the physical evidence, and when a plane has nose-dived into the ground and there's a large crater there and there's very little physical evidence to work with, you have to, um, you have to dig it up piece by piece and put it all together and, you know... And then it winds up as an episode on flight crash investigations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, you'll be interested in the name of the Transport Ministry spokesman, Musi Yihis. Musi Yihis. Yes. Wow, wow. Um, so, uh, Mon... Uh, one liked the word uh, mus. Mus, mus, yeah, it means banana in a in a mark. Yeah. So anyway, um, so that was uh, yeah. We, we we learned a few things about 
uh, Ethiopia and Amharic while we were there. Anyway, moving on to other stories. Uh, one in five. This is interesting for you, Mon. One in five fatal strokes that take place in Australia for 15 to 44-year-olds are as a result of taking methamphetamines. Is one in five. One in five fatal That's a strokes. That's lot. Which... Um, and this is also interesting. Strokes that take place as a result of taking methamphetamines are 10 times more deadly than any other kind of stroke. Really? So, you know, a lot of people, they get old and they have a stroke because, mm-hmm. you know, you get a blood clot, it moves to the brain, yeah, and they survive that stroke. And with, with different levels, you know, sometimes they'll lose a, um, you know, a portion of their body, sometimes they will lose. Um, you know, they'll be drooling in their mouth. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're just a little bit slower than that what they were, and sometimes there's no effect whatsoever at all. Yeah. But if you have a stroke as a result of taking uh, methamphetamines, then it is ten times more likely to kill you than a normal kind of stroke. And one in five of those strokes are caused by methamphetamines and take place almost immediately after taking the drug. I didn't. Whoa! Immediately, yeah. I didn't realize that. There was so much methamphetamine. So just just to clarify, these people are taking methamphetamines because it's a sort of recreational drug. Yeah, it's a recreational drug. That's okay, right. So not, not in any way. There is almost no medical use for methamphetamines. Yeah, okay, there is wondering. a company in the world uh, somewhere, I think it's in Norway. Uh, sorry, Denmark. Denmark has a, um, a product called Desoxin. Okay. Um, which they, they use for uh, you know, as, as a medicine. But for what purpose? I think it has something to do with um, kids that have ADHD or something rather. I'm oh. not really sure. But you know that that'll be in obviously you know controlled doses in a mm-hmm. controlled environment, mm-hmm. and it's a very high classification drug that you've got to have you know very specific um, prescription for. I wonder if Denmark has an issue with kids being addicted to that particular brand. It would be interesting to find out. But um, they have also discovered that. One in three people who have a methamphetamine, um, so so one in five, you know, just just die from it straight away. But one in three will eventually die as a result of the stroke that they have. So one in five, then one in three. It's basically almost all of them, really. You got like one. Well, it's pretty high. It's yeah. pretty high. You have it's a stroke terrible. as a result of methamphetamines, and you survive it. It's probably going to kill you. You know, sooner yeah, or later, soon, anyway. Yeah, in the long run. Um, and, and who wants to have a stroke? You know, you'll be drooling out of one side of your mouth for the rest of your life. And it's really bad news. Just strokes are horrific. It's not being it able to talk. It my mind that people even take drugs. Like it's just it's so obviously profoundly stupid choice. Like it's yeah. a bad choice. Like don't do drugs. Like how how have we still not learned that? Yeah. Okay. So while we're talking about drugs. Uh, we raised the question of how, how dangerous alcohol is compared to smoking and researchers from the University Hospital of Southampton along with Bangor University and the University of Southampton itself have created a model by which they can now compare alcohol to smoking. How does the model work? I'm okay, so, so interested in this. It's, it's uh, based on units of alcohol um, mm. and so one bottle of wine is 10 units of alcohol. Yeah. And basically one unit of alcohol is equivalent of one cigarette. Really? But what they found is the more alcohol you drink, it's not just like adding cigarettes, it actually goes up in a J-curve. Oh, seriously? Yes. Whoa. Yes, indeed. 
And so... Um, they need to start campaigns. The government needs to start having campaigns. Where they, you know how you know every cigarette is doing you damage? Every drop of alcohol is doing you damage. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so one bottle of, one bottle of, of uh, low alcohol content wine, so about 12% alcohol content wine, uh, per week is the equivalent of smoking 10 cigarettes. Oi, oi. That needs to be advertised far and wide. Yeah, absolutely. People need to know that that's the, that's the equivalent of what they're doing to their body. And a person who drinks one bottle of wine per week, right, mm. 14 out of 1,000 will die as a result of that. Oof. One bottle of wine per far week out. will kill 14 out of 1,000 people. It's, just, it is not, it's not worth it. It is not worth it. Yeah. Um, and so if you go to, say, uh, 14, so that's 10 units. If you go to 14 units, that's uh, like seven whiskeys or six pints or nine glasses of uh, champagne. Look, this six is, pints of beer, nine glasses of champagne. That's, your, that's what your equivalents are. This is why the Bible warned us about it, because they knew. They just yeah, knew. Yeah, this is exactly what the Bible says. Yeah. You know, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging. Whoever is deceived by it, the Bible says the alcohol deceives you, is a fool. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. you know, in the last 2,000, 3,000 years since that was written by Solomon, nothing has changed. And, of course, the science that we're coming at today um, is absolutely confirming that. In fact, Solomon goes on to say, when the wine becomes alcoholic, when it bubbles, you know, because that's how you get bubbles mm-hmm. in the in, back in the day, don't even look at it. Don't even look at it. Just don't even don't just don't even go That's there. That's the addictive power of it. Don't even look Absolutely. at it. Absolutely. Anyway, this is Jaden Lavik, Tis So Sweet, and Mon will be back in a moment with the interview of the year. So get and ready how to, to win get some handbags. A prize. so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take Him at His word Just to rest upon His promise Just to know, thus saith the Lord Trust in Jesus Just to trust His cleansing blood And in simple faith to plunge me Neath the healing cleansing flood Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him Just from Jesus simply 
slowly taking life and rest and joy and peace. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I've proved Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. For grace to trust Him more, trust Him more, trust Him Welcome back to Faith FM. You are listening to Lyle and Mon with The Breakfast Show. This is Mon coming to you live out of Kenya. I'm having such a good time, Lyle, right now in particular because I'm in a bag shop. (laughs) Now, don't be angry with me. There is a reason behind me being in a bag shop. I'm actually at the back of the bag shop in the workshop where they're creating the bags. And I just want to give you a little bit of a visual story. There is just bright colored African fabric everywhere. There's a team of happy workers here. There's sewing machines from wall to wall. And I'm now going to tell you why I'm in the bag shop before I buy the whole bag shop out and take everything back to Australia. And do stay listening because we do have a bit of a giveaway coming up at the end of this interview. But with no further ado, let's jump into this interview I'm going to introduce you to the founder of this bag shop. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your name and where are you from? Okay, my name is Beatrice Akinio Diambo. I'm from Kenya. And we are in this project that is called Bagamoyo. It's a project that helps men and women who are HIV positive. It's a project that started like 2011 in November here in Kenya. 
See, I told you there was a good reason I was in a bag shop. Isn't that amazing? Who would have thought that going bag shopping could actually empower and better people's lives? So Beatrice has a wonderful work here, a wonderful charity. And uh, I got to visit this shop a couple of weeks ago when I first came to Kenya. And when they told me the name Bagamoyo and what it meant, I actually was overwhelmed and I had some tears in my eyes and I had to turn away and pretend I wasn't listening <laughs> because the name was so beautiful. Tell us a little bit about the name and what the name means. Okay, Bagamoyo, it's a mean, it's a, it, it means in Kiswahili, like you pour out your heart, lay down your heart. So whatever you're buying in this shop, you are laying down your heart towards the project that is supporting men and women who are HIV positive. And also we have an orphanage that is called Springs of Hope Kenya we are supporting too. And we have an outreach mission that deals with the street children. So this project is a project based to help all those children and to help also those people who are in the street and also to help these men and women who are in need in the society. I never would have thought that buying a bag would do so much good. And when you do buy a bag, a Moyo bag, it has a tag on it saying bag of Moyo. And underneath in, um, in, exclama- in um, inverted commas, it says lay down your heart, which is just a, a beautiful sentiment. It's a beautiful uh, definition, just a reminder of, of how we should be living our lives every day. So tell us, Beatrice, what is it that inspired you to start a project, a bag project that would help a HIV AIDS community? Okay. This project mostly was started by our director, Molly. Her name is Molly Bale, Molly Waits, and she is the one that will, who directs everything that's happening here. She's also the one who runs the orphanage. She started this project because mainly it's not good to just give people an handout all the time. And most of the people will come to her because they are in need of money or they need food or something. But she knew that the only thing she can do is to give them something, what to do. So she came up with this project that is called the Bagamoyo to help them so that they can be also learning what to do, even if they are not here in future. But out there, they can be able to sustain themselves and also to sustain their families. So when people buy a bags and moyo bag, the profits don't just go to helping these people. You've actually employed people to make the bags. Is that correct? Yes, we do. So all the people who are um, doing the sewing, the zippers, all that kind of thing are here in the workshop. They're all people who are HIV positive or affected by AIDS? Mainly, majority of the people who are here are HIV positive, but we have to mix because sometimes some, some of them usually get sick and we have to make this organization, organization to run. So we have like majority of them are HIV positive, like only you can find like five people, they are not HIV positive because we are 13 of us in this project. So you find like the rest, like from five, the rest are HIV positive. So is it, I mean, I just want to know, when someone in Kenya has HIV, do they find that they are often treated badly by the rest of the community? Like, are they ostracized? They have a hard time finding work? Yes, it is true. Because like most people, like we used to think like when you are HIV positive, you cannot be mixed with people. You cannot work where people are working. So people used to discriminate them. They find it like it's very hard to be together with them, even to just even eat together with them. But when you come to this project, I think what they did well is like mixing us together so that we can find it is they are just like human beings like others. So it is very good when you find projects like this one supporting people who are HIV positive, even to give them hope that they are valuable in this society because it wasn't their fault to get that, those sickness. But it's something that came along in their life and they have to live with it and us, we have to accept them the way they are. It, it is sad that the stigma of HIV is 
probably a universal thing. I know even in Australia, people who have HIV are very much stigmatized, which is terrible. And I think it's a wonderful thing what you're doing here to help eradicate that stigma. So how long did you say you've been running uh, Bagamoyo now? How long has this been in, in existence? From 2011. Because first it started at the orphanage like for one year. That is on 2010. But in this building that we are right now from 2011, November, we have been in this building. Now we are in 2019. That is like eight, eight years now we are in this building like that's really wonderful. I just, I just, I know this is a bit morbid, but I want to know when you employ people who have HIV, and you said that they often get sick. Um, do you find that you have a high turnover of staff? Like, have you had many different employees, or have you had a core team that you've sort of seen all the way through? Like, because if people get HIV, like, is the mortality rate is high, right? So, do you often have new people coming in with HIV all the time? Or is it just the same people that you've had from the start moving your way through? Okay, like when we started this project, we had like the first people, like most, like we have lost like two people so far that we have started with this project. And those who have come is like, mostly we consider those who are HIV positive. But mostly we are based on those we have started with. We give them something to do because they don't want to go outside and we cannot put them to go outside. So we just employ them to become here permanent. That's really wonderful because you're basically giving them a career. You're giving them a job. Can I ask, when they come here, do they already have to have uh, a skill in sewing or do you also equip them? Do you teach them how to sew? Oh, most of them, like they usually come like they don't know even what to do. So we have to teach them from the basic. Uh, they have to learn from everything they need to understand because some, some even don't have to do threading or anything. But for us, it's like a training center at the beginning. Then later is now we just put it like an employment thing to them. And have you found that being employed here has given them new hope and new life and, and new purpose and I guess most of all self-respect? Yes, it has given them because even if people come and look at them, they'll just even sometimes deny that these people are HIV positive because there's much love, there's much health, and there's much hope in this project. So we don't even find the difference between them and the others that are outside there. There are so many things that is happening here, and they are very much comfortable. We'll find them laughing all the time. When they are working, they are singing, they are doing everything. So this thing has really helped them so much. I have to admit that when I came here last time and this time and I, and I peeked in the back room, there was a lot of smiling <laughs> and laughing faces. I wasn't sure if they were laughing at me, but <laughs> it's nice to see such a happy work environment. And um, I do want to ask you a little bit about the bags because the bags are fabulous. Now, do your bags come in like one size only? No, we have like different size of bags. Because like most of the bags, we have like the small bag, the medium size, the large ones. And most of our bags are made from the material we call kitenge. In Africa, we call them the kitenge one. So these bags are made from African fabric material. And Bagamoy is mainly known by quilting of the bags. Because most of our bags are being quilted to like, it's our trade. People know us from the quilting of the bags. And we have like the small bag, the wristlets bag that people carry around. We call them with the... The name of the children in the orphanage, most of our bags, we have like name Abby, we have like Barry. Those are the names of the children who are living in the orphanage. So these bags also have special things in them, the naming of the children. So everything that is here is special. 
That's just so lovely. I didn't realize that each style was named after an orphan. That's just so much more special. I have to look up what mine is called then because I, I purchased one the other week and I love it, by the way. And the quilting is definitely fabulous and very iconic. Um, for those of you who don't know what Kitenge is, did I say that correctly, Kitenge? Yes, yeah. So it's a really bright, vibrant African print. And it's just it's as varied as the day is long. There's all different kinds of patterns and shades and oh and it's just fabulous and so you have wristlets and I guess something that looks a bit like pencil cases everything up to like a massive beach bag Uh, what kind of clientele do you have like who's buying these bags is it just Africans all right for now we have like a mixture of Africans and people from the western but when we started mainly we were targeting like people from the western because like most we have like the missionaries who are coming to support the project but now because african is changing like people have to support themselves too they are coming in to support us especially when we have exhibitions in our, in places like in Nairobi here in Kenya our capital city we have like so so many african people will come and buy even through the our website and everything they'll just look in and say okay i need this kind of bag so we are being supported, especially because of what we are doing in the society. So we are happy for that. I can just imagine that if I was at some sort of a show or an exhibition and I saw your booth there, I would buy up big. It's just, it's such a vibrant, happy um, scene to behold. And I can just imagine those bags would just pop and stand out at an exhibition. Now, I do want to ask you, obviously, the main part of uh, this interview is about the HIV community and how you've employed them. But you have been mentioning this orphanage. Can you tell me a little bit about this orphanage and how it's connected to Bagamoyo and how it became connected? Okay, the orphanage is called Springs of Hope Kenya. That's why you'll see like our Bagamoyo bags written like up SOHK project. So the first project that our director started, Moil Waits, was called Springs of Hope Kenya. We call it the Mama because now that is where it gave birth to the Bagamoyo. And now we have like a Cambia Mani, our camp, that is now there, another child that was given birth out of this project. So Springs of Hope Kenya is a is based with children who are, or some are HIV positive also there, and you have also orphans over there. So it's a project that started first, then it gave birth to Bagamo. So children are over there, and we have like some now are in secondary school, some are now in primary. We have like so many children over there, but we are happy that we, Bagamoyo, we are able to support also the orphanage when they are in need because all the projects are under one director, so we are really happy when people come to support it. Are the orphans just so excited when a bag gets named after them? Yes, they do, because especially they'll come in in the shop when they come to see us and they'll ask, what is the name of this bag? When they hear this is burial, this is Gracie bag. So they are happy. Oh, I have a bag that is under my name there. So they are usually very happy when they see that this bag is named after them. And they give them motivation to come and see us and be happy with us. Oh, it's so lovely. I wish I could be there to see that. I mean, I would love to have a bag named after me, but I'm not going to step on the toes of any orphans, trust me. Um, so just another few questions about the bags. Uh, this Fitenge, uh material, what is it actually made out of? Oh, Kitenge, most of the Kitenge are made of them. Some are like woolen things, some are like they are synthetic. So it's like just, just a mixture. But we go to the market to find something that is valuable for us to make good quality of bag because most of the African material are a mixture of things. But what we do as Bagamoyo, we go to the market. What comes the best out of the African print is what we pick and make the bags out of it. 
So they're high quality. It's high quality Vitenge. Because I have been to the market and I've touched a few different Vitenges. And uh, I've noticed that some seem a bit like polyester and some are like this beautiful cotton. And um, and all the bags here seem to be like the top quality stuff. So I'm, I'm really impressed. None of this looks drab at all. None of it looks poor quality. It all just looks so wonderful. And uh, you heard correct. I am going to be doing a giveaway. Um, so I'm going to be bringing back, I would say, maybe two or three bags <laughs> from Bag of Moyo and Kenya to give away to let's say two lucky listeners uh, so what you want to do is give us a call at the end of this interview 1-800-FAITH-FM give us a call that's 1-800-324-843 and tell us what the name Bagamoyo means so I hope you are paying attention what does Bagamoyo mean and, uh, and we will send you eventually when I get back from Kenya <laughs> a bag from Bagamoyo so just in closing Beatrice tell us a little bit where people can get more information if they want to maybe go shopping online or if they want to just read up about your organization, where can they go to get this information? Okay, most of it we have, like, we have our website is www.sohk.org because that is where, even if you find the face of the children there, but there are some bags over there too. And also we have a Facebook page, it's called Bagamoyo Bags. You can find there for those who are doing the Facebook and everything that you need is like there's some people who have like you can get our Gmail. We are Bagamoyo, SOHK at gmail.com. So anything that you need over there, you just write to us and you get us and we'll reply to you and we'll deliver to you. So just those details again. If you want to jump on the Facebook and check out Bagamoyo, I'll spell it for you. It's B A G A M. O-Y-O, the website www.sohk.org. And of course, if you would like to email them straight, just bagamoyosohk at gmail.com. And of course, uh, we will put all that information up on our Facebook site. If, so if you haven't got a pen, if you were driving when you heard that, don't stress. Just go to Faith FM's Facebook site. We will put all those details up. I will also put up some pictures of the bags that we'll be giving away. So once again, if you would like to snap those up and win them, maybe for yourself, maybe for someone you know, just go to your phone. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. I hope you've enjoyed this interview. This has probably been one of my favorites because, as you know, Lyle, I have a serious fabric addiction. <laughs> Bought some jeans at Target and ripped apart the pocket on Sunday. Hallelujah. Pay slip on the carpet and burnt it in the market on Monday. Hallelujah. It's not my business, Jesus. I'm sure you got your reasons, so just say hallelujah. Grandpa's got lymphoma and fell into a coma on Tuesday. Hallelujah. Couldn't pay the water bill and haven't had a shower since Wednesday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. While merging on the freeway, I hit a Ford Focus on Thursday. Hallelujah. Without a car, I couldn't make appointments on 
lost my job. Hallelujah. It's not my business, she says. I'm sure you got your reasons, so I'll just say hallelujah. I came to church a beggar and found I have a savior, so I'll just say hallelujah. I came to church a beggar and found I have a savior, so I'll just say hallelujah. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Happy Hearts is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5, designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. (laughs) What comes to mind when you think of studying nursing? Practical experience, a rewarding career, great employment prospects. When you think of nursing, think of Avondale College of Higher Education. 92.7% of our nursing graduates were employed within four months of completing their degree, with credible experience and with friends for life. To apply now, visit avondale.edu.au. It's higher education, designed for life.
Say. 